Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Amy Porterfield from the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Hey, this is Bedros Koulian, founder of Fit Body Bootcamp and author of Man Up. Hey, this is Billy Jean from Billy Jean is Marketing. And if you want to build quality relationships with quality people. And if you want to sharpen the skills of networking. And if you want to learn how to be memorable in your relationships. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network podcast. With my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Travis Chappell. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another topic episode in the series Top Networking Tips. This is part number 10, which is crazy that we've already been doing this for 10 weeks, but it just seems to keep getting better and better. And so this episode, I am excited to be featuring Amy Porterfield, a legendary internet marketer, Billy Jean, the wizard of video marketing and Facebook ads, and then Bedros Koulian, the author of the new bestseller, Man Up. And he's also the CEO and founder of Fitbody Bootcamp, which is a nine-figure franchise that's been listed on Inc. 5000, fastest growing companies, and I think top 15 fastest growing franchises in the space. And so um, all three of these people 
are total masters at what they do, and they have incredible networks of people built up behind them. And so I'm super, super excited to share their top networking tips with you. But before we get into that, I'm happy to announce the beginning of my new mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. A dynasty is defined as a series of members of a family who are distinguished for their success, wealth, etc. If that doesn't define what we're about to create with this movement, I don't know what does. Trust me, this is going to be huge. You're not going to want to miss out on this. I like to reward action takers. So pricing is always best for those who jump on board first. It's the most affordable product I've ever put out there. So there's a bunch of people already jumping on board and would love to have you to be a part. So stop hesitating, take action, be a part of the dynasty, head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to apply. And I will see you on the inside. And now without any further ado whatsoever, enjoy the top networking tips, part 10 with Bedros Koulian, Amy Porterfield, and Billy Jean. This is what I love about networking stories because the story that you just told was just like a, so I got this one thing, then I, I led to this other thing. Yes. And once I was at that thing, I did really well here and it led to this other thing. And then I met this one guy here who led <laughs> to this thing. You know, and like th- this is why I love these stories because I have a hard time sometimes, Amy, convincing people that networking is worth a big chunk of your, not only time, but your money and investing in yourself to go to events and to join high level masterminds and to build real good quality relationships relationships with good quality people. And sometimes I have a hard time convincing people because they don't see the immediate ROI. There's You never know what will happen, which is the good thing, but it's also the bad thing because you never know what will happen. So you might spend this money traveling to this event and uh, staying at the hotel and buying the event ticket and all this other stuff, but you don't see how it's going to immediately affect your business tomorrow. So you just don't do it. right? Yeah. So this is why I love these stories because there's no way on God's green earth that you could have planned out every single one of those steps that you just talked about. Oh my gosh, no. You are so, so right. (laughs) It's like years of connecting and then making the most of those connections, being competent, adding value to people, and then connecting, and then adding value, and then connecting, and then adding value and connecting. And those are just the best stories to me. So true. Totally agree. So here's a question that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. Curious to hear what your answer is going to be. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Oh, okay. So I want to say, because I feel like it sounds better if I say it's about what you know. However, I know a lot of people that aren't incredibly smart in what they do, but they have these amazing connections and so they make it work. Mm. So I just feel... Here's what I believe. I believe it's who you know to a certain extent. But if you can't get it together and offer value once who you know gets you to where you want to go, then it's never going to work out. So you exactly. Yeah. So you've got to bring something to the table. You have to offer value. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's easier when you know a few people that can help you <laughs> open up some doors. Right. Well, and the cool thing though is like take your story for instance, right? Like you offered value to each of these connections that we we're talking about, right? Yes. But you don't have to be like Richard Branson to offer value to somebody. I think people have this like this idea that like they have to have written like 12 books before they can offer like you don't have to come with a million dollar deal to the table in order to connect with somebody. Like exactly what you did like working for Tony and being a liaison between Tony and Michael Stelzner and then helping him with a new site and then connecting with Lewis Hout like all these things like you were just adding value in micro ways until you were able to add value on a macro way. But the thing is people 
always need value. Like people always need things done. So if you can figure out what that little thing is, like for me, well, for instance, I would not be on this phone call with you, Amy, if I were not friends with John Lee Dumas. And the reason that I think I became friends with him is first of all, I paid for a mastermind that he put on, which helps when you pay for stuff that somebody has. But totally I also, agree. Yeah, but I also worked to cultivate a connection with him after that event was long done. So I have a background in door-to-door sales and retail sales. I've done a lot of different direct sales and different things like that. So I offered to run John's booth selling his Freedom and Mastery Journal for him totally for free at Podcast Movement. And then he asked me to do it for another event that he spoke at Thrive last year. And so during these times, I wasn't making any money. I took a step away from my business. I paid for myself to get out to these events just to do something completely for free for John Lee Dumas. But in turn, like he's been a huge mentor to me. I have a consistent relationship with him. It wasn't now when he introduces it to me to people, it's not like, oh yeah, this is one guy he paid for a mastermind like a year ago. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, this is my friend Travis and he runs the show. And then you know what I mean? Like it's a completely yes. different relationship now because there was something that I saw that I could add value to. Like who am I going to introduce John to? I, I didn't have like he had all the connections that I wanted. Like he there was nobody that I could introduce him to. I didn't have a million dollar deal on the table to bring to it to be like, hey, let's connect. Like all I did was find something that he needed and I filled that void and helped gave a lot of my time to be able to cultivate that connection. And I think that there's people that undervalue that. Would you agree with that? Oh, a million percent. I mean, I have such a similar story with Marie Forleo where I started in her mastermind as well. And I consider her a dear friend that I could text in a hot minute if I needed anything. And I think that people might think, oh, you paid for that friendship. Heck no, because there's a lot of people that paid to be in these people's masterminds that they never talk to anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you find a way to make it a genuine connection, and I think you've probably talked about this before, your heart just has to be in the right place. It's never about making something happen for you. And if that truly is the case, magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. Being genuine. I mean, this is a fundamental principle to networking, I think, is just being genuine and caring about people and taking... like I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Amy. I don't think that there should be a difference between quote-unquote networking and real relationship building. I think a lot of people separate those two things. They treat networking as like an opportunity to go make sales and bring in money for their business. And then they treat like hanging out with their friends at the bar down the street as like building relationships with their friends. I don't think that the two are separate. You know? Yes. about that? I would totally agree. I think that if you actually treated all of that the same, you'd see some pretty cool things happen. I think it's all about that those organic relationships that happen when your heart is in the right place for it. So I love that you make that distinction. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and 
uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. And what are some ways now we've been talking a lot about value being genuine, all that kind of stuff. So what's a practical way that somebody sitting out here listening would be able to just start adding value to people? Like let's say they, you know, they suffer a lot from the imposter syndrome. They don't feel like they have a lot of value to bring to the table. What are some different ways that you think that they could start really trying to offer value to others? You know, I have a quick little example that keeps coming to mind when I think about somebody offering immense value. There's this guy out there. He's an Instagram expert. His name is Tyler McCall. And I would have never known who Tyler was, not because he's not a big deal, just because he would have probably have never made it into my world, like our worlds wouldn't have crossed so soon, except for the fact that he posted something about following maybe one of my podcasts or something that I had put out there. And he gave me praise online and it was on Instagram. And I thought that was so very cool. And I pay attention to that stuff and I thank him and whatnot. And then I kind of started to follow like, what is this guy all about? And so I started following on Instagram and he would put out great things. And then we'd start to talk in the DMs. And over the last, let's say six months, I feel like Tyler is a really good friend of mine. I've invited him on my podcast. He is an up-and-comer in the sense that he hasn't been on the scene that long. However, he's making a big splash. And just today, he was posting some stuff on Instagram. And I noticed he's on four other people's podcasts, big names, because he's sought after. And it all started with he looked for other people's content to give them a shout out on whatever social platform. And it was in a genuine way. Like he talked about, this is why I love Amy's podcast. This is why you should listen. So little things like that go a long way with those that might be a little bit ahead of you, but genuinely appreciate the feedback. Yeah, totally. And stuff like that's just so underrated. But also I would add to that, that if you do this, like if you're sitting out there and listening and you're like, Hey, you know, I've done that before and they've never even like looked at it or gotten back to me, realize that like someone like Amy, someone like John, like some of these people that I've been on the show, like they have a lot of demands on their time. So if you do this and you don't get a response, don't take it personally, just figure out another different way to be resourceful and get around that and add some more value. But look, eventually though, if you are constantly pushing forward somebody's content, they can't help but notice what you're doing for them. If you're an evangelist for what they're doing, then they can't help but notice that eventually. It's so funny when sometimes I'll have people reach out to me, Amy, and be like, I'm a big fan of your show. And then they'll say something that makes me tell that they've never listened to anything yes. that I've ever put out there. Do you get that sometimes? Oh, I do. And it drives me nuts. So it makes a big deal. And I'm going to say something that's going to make me sound a little bit like a jerk. So I hope you know it's coming from a good place. I also don't like when people reach out and say, Hi, Amy, I'm a big fan. How can I support you? 
Hmm. And I feel very awkward in those moments because I don't know. I'm not going to tell them how they can support me. I feel like that's an actual lazy way of making connections. And I know this makes me sound a little bit jerky. But my point being is that find your way of how you can support someone. Pay attention. Just like you said, really be a fan if you're going to say you're a fan. And you'll find those little ways. But at the same time, you don't have to force it. And a person of influence is likely not going to tell you how to support them. Yeah. And exactly what you said, though, is that it's lazy. It's just a lazy yeah. way to try to do it. It's the numbers game approach. It's the like, I'm going to reach out to 50 influencers today. I'm going to ask them all how I can support that's them. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, and totally. so that's why I'm not a big fan. Is. Yeah, totally. It's just like, I know I'm supposed to lead with value because Amy knows Marie Forleo, like she just said. So if I reach out to her and ask her if I, how I can support her and then I do that, then I can ask her for a connection to Marie. Like to me, it's just when people ask <laughs> that, it feels like it, it comes with an attached like outcome that they're trying to get out of the situation. So right. It's lazy. And then the only reason to ask someone how you can support them is so that you're like adding value to them without expecting anything in return. But the question itself to me makes it seem like you're wanting something in return. <laughs> I know? appreciate you saying that. So I don't sound like so much of a jerk. I think that's <laughs> what it feels like to me. So, yeah. and it happens a lot. So that's why I thought, mm, maybe I should mention it here. Yeah. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. Do you know JP Sears? No, I don't know that name. He does a lot of comedy videos on YouTube and stuff. And he has like a, a spiritual health, like a spiritual and health coach business. Oh, yes. I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. Yes. I had him on the show and I asked him, I asked him that question. I was like, what is the most annoying question that someone can ask you like at an event or something like that? What did he say? And he said exactly that. He was Stop like, it. Yeah. He was like, I think the most annoying question is people that come to me and say, JP, how can I support you? Oh my gosh. I love it. I love the man even more now. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, and how do you answer that question? He goes, I say, you know, the way that you can support me best is to not ask me that question. <laughs> I knew you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So it's, it's funny you start talking to a lot of people about this stuff because everybody's thinking it. But like you said, sometimes it's like difficult because you know that people are just trying to be people, right? And you don't want to like sound like a complete yeah. jerk, but you also want to be like, okay, but you need to learn from this and not do it again because that's not how you're going to get a response. So we talked about a way to not reach out to you. We talked about a way to reach out to you online. What about in person? Like when somebody comes up to you at an event, what's a good way for them to get your attention and make a difference? You know, let's see here. So to get my attention and make a difference, I think what you said that makes a big deal to me and that is a big deal to me. When somebody comes up to me and says, Amy, I love your podcast, especially the episode about XYZ. So they actually know my podcast and then they tell me what they did with it. I am obsessed with action takers. So when people share their stories, their small wins, their big wins, or even their struggles and what they're doing about it, and somehow it relates to something that they learned from me, it lights me up and I just... I want, I'm a sponge. I want to hear all about it. And typically we reach out to those people and we hear more about their story. And so when I'm at live events, I'm snapping people's name tags all the time because they have fun stories that I'd like to share with my other students to show them what's possible. And so sharing your stories, even if they're small wins are a big deal to me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Just what you're saying, like researching the person that you want to connect with is such an important thing. Like knowing what you're getting yourself into by having a conversation with this person. Like even like if somebody searched your name, right? And they see this episode come up, you're literally telling them right now on the air in a recording that they can listen to at any time that tells them exactly how to connect with you. But there's so many people who just like don't like actually consume your content. They just see that you're a speaker at an event and feel like they should know you because you're someone that's important. And then they come up and like spew a bunch of nonsense, take a bunch of your time and then leave you like, what, what, 
Who, yes. who does that? Like, how did that just happen? Like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm now an observer to these kinds of things since I've worked a few events with John and stuff and people come up to him and do this to him on like all the time. I'm just like, that was amazing. Like that was incredible that that guy spent his entire time standing there talking about what he's done and how cool he is when he had like John in front of him, he could have asked him. <laughs> And like actually it's interesting, huh? You know, I know. So Very weird. interesting. <laughs> it's so weird. So give me one thing, Amy, one tip that somebody could take in their lives. Like they're just tuning into this episode and they got to go do something right now. And if that's you, by the way, you should listen to the rest of this because there's so much great content from Amy here. But if they just are going to walk away with this one tip on how to become a better quote unquote networker, what would your tip be? Okay. So it's simple, but not everybody wants to do this. You have to get out there in real life. And coming from an introvert that literally could easily be a shut-in because I love to be at my home in Carlsbad, I believe you have to go out there. Now you can start with your local events, but I want you on a plane going to a really fun networking event, whether it be for marketing or anything in your field, you've got to make a thing of it. Because when you have skin in the game, when you spend a little money to make the travel work and, and get out there, you're going to be showing up. You're going to get the most out of it. And the biggest moments for me were when I traveled to networking events and I met people. I got my book deal. I mean, it was a dummy's book, but I got a book deal from being out there and going to dinner when I didn't want to go out of my hotel room. The Lewis House incident was because I got out there. I didn't want to wrangle people for Mike Stelzner, but I knew that this was a great opportunity for me to step out from the computer and meet people. So I pushed myself and I do have to push myself to do those things, but that's my advice. So how much is too much? Like somebody's out there, they're like, man, I need to go do some more of this stuff. Because I know some people that are just like conference junkies, me but they too. never actually like do anything with any of the stuff that they ever do. You know? I say and no I, more I, than I'm, once a quarter. Okay. So that's yeah. a perfect litmus test. If you're going to more than one thing per quarter. Now, if you're talking about one event per quarter though, are you talking about like a big out of state, like marketing specific event or, you know, like really actually any event. So like if there's like a local meetup for, you know, real estate agents and you're a real estate agent, like you should take advantage of those opportunities. But like to go to the big conference in Dallas, when you live in Florida, you know, you should probably schedule, like keep that to like a little bit staggered, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like two to four times a year in terms of networking, it gets expensive. And you're yeah. right. One thing I don't do a lot is I don't go to a lot of events as much anymore. And the reason for that is they literally take me off my game. When I'm working on a project and I'm moving forward with my team and I stop to get ready for an event, go to an event and come back and try to recuperate, I have probably missed a whole week, if not more, of being productive in my business. So you have to remember going out, there is a cost to that. Mm -hmm. And so there's this fine balance between all of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what about a budget? If you're looking at this and you're like, okay, one event per quarter, but that's a lot of money still. <laughs> what, yes. what advice would you say like, hey, look, you should stretch yourself because these things are that important or it's just like a hey, case by case basis? I say if money is tight, you do one or two a year and then you look for some local events that you can go to, like networking meetups, that kind of thing, because it does get really expensive. And I think that I probably spent too much in my early days thinking I needed to do it. I think I did it too much in the first two years. Yeah. And yeah, so I do believe that I wasn't doing the work enough and I was putting myself out there, but probably a little too much. So be mindful of the budget. And if it's stretching you a little bit too thin, pull back. I don't think you should be going into debt for this. Okay. That is exactly what I kind of wanted to hear because I know some people... I mean, it's crazy. I mean, they're literally $30,000, $40,000 in debt just from events. 
Like, yeah, no way. Bro, you need to chill for a second. Like, yes. come back and do some work. <laughs> you know yes, I mean? and yes. Put some money in your bank account and then like take a second look at it next year. Which brings me perfectly into the networking conversation because that's exactly where I was hoping, that's what I was hoping you would say. Yeah, because <laughs> I just personally believe that's true. And we we're kind of talking a little bit about this before we hit the record button on this, is that when you change your network you change everything about you. Everything. Like getting around those people, having somebody like that, like you didn't have access to that before. So how does somebody that was in your position get access to some of these people without doing what you did and moving to Beverly Hills and training millionaires? Sure. I mean, I think that's a valid way, but... <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is a valid way. But you know, keep in mind, when I did this, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, there was no YouTube, exactly. there was no LinkedIn, right? right. And so right. thank God I chose the path of fitness and I chose the most expensive fitness service to offer, one-on-one personal training, mm-hmm. where I, by default, had mentors around me. Mm-hmm. But even then, I didn't even realize I had them until one of them, Jim Franco, was like, dude, can I mentor you? Right. And oh, by the way, right. you probably have more mentors around you. Woke right. me up. And then he also put you on to virtual mentors. Yes. Like your real mentor came in and was like, here's this tape from this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, listen to it in your car. Free mentorship. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And so today, the bigger thing is this. Most people are hanging around with chickens and ducks. So they're they're clucking and quacking, yet they want to soar like an eagle, Mm -hmm. right? So the first thing you got to do is cut out the negative, toxic, mediocre people from around you. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you a quick story about that. I was in Ketchikan, Alaska. The year was 2005. There was no way I would have made it there on my horsepower, my financial horsepower. Thank God that my wife's grandparents paid for this Alaskan cruise. We're walking. The cruise ship parked somewhere, or tendered, whatever they call it. And Mm -hmm. we're walking in Ketchikan, Alaska. There's this older gentleman with a five-gallon paint bucket that's got water in it and like five or six crabs. And he's throwing out a net and casting Mm -hmm. for crabs, crab fishing. And so as I'm walking by, I look in his bucket and it was pretty fascinating to me. Like, wow, this guy's actually getting his own food. Yeah. But as I'm looking at the crabs, this one little ambitious crab, Travis, is climbing on top of all the other crabs. And he's starting to reach for the brim of the bucket and trying to pull himself up. I didn't want the old man to lose his crab. So I'm like, excuse me, sir, you're about to lose one of your crabs. He's trying to make a getaway. He goes, don't worry. Watch what happens next. As this little ambitious crab is trying to help its way out, all the other crabs down there reach up. No and way. pull it back down. Wow. I'm hitting my wife like, do you can <laughs> see what's going on here? I've got crabs in my life. That was me. And all my friends are those crabs down there. All the people right. in my life who say I can't do it. I don't deserve it. Right. I'm not capable. I'm a foreigner. And I realized very quickly that before you step into a bigger network, you got to cut the toxic chickens, mm. crabs, ducks out of your life if you want to soar like an eagle. Right? Yeah. Now, here's the easy part. The hard part is cutting those people out of your life, which mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I was willing to, you, you, remember, the entrepreneur who wants to make the biggest money and the biggest impact on this planet has to take the biggest risk and do the scariest things. Yeah. And cutting away your high school friends or elementary school friends or family members that are toxic mm-hmm. is a scary, high-risk thing to do. Right. But you got to be willing to live in the extremes and do that. And so I was willing to do that. The other thing is, where I was a personal trainer and there was no social media for me to be around affluent people, dude, now you can go on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and follow the most badass, optimistic, positive, game-changing entrepreneurs or thought leaders or athletes, whatever it is you want to become, they become your virtual network. In the book, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about his 
virtual mastermind of people. Like he thought about, okay, well, what would Henry Ford do if he was Mm -hmm. in my position? Henry Ford was dead, but there's enough books about Henry Ford where we can learn how he made decisions, right? right? Mm -hmm. At least a pattern that you can follow, right? exactly. So look, these days people can follow Andy Frisilla, Ed Milet, Gary Vaynerchuk, The Rock, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that, they become your mentors. Now, to me, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. The next step is proximity is power. Yes. Get around them. Proximity is power. And then environmental exposure is king. And so shorten the proximity. Instead of being on the other side of your phone or screen, if they're having an event, a workshop, a mentorship, a a seminar, get there. Mm. Find a way to get there. Even if you're going to take the Greyhound bus to stay at the Motel 6, get there, shake their hand. Proximity is power. Because when Jim Franco was like, I'm a millionaire, and all of a sudden I realized I've been touching and training and working with a millionaire, it changed the way I work. It changed the way I think. So, And of course, proximity is power because... When you shake their hands and you go, hey, look, you're one of my mentors that I've been following on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, they go, listen, what are you trying to achieve in life? You go X, Y, and Z. And if their network has the ability to help you, Mm -hmm. they'll connect you to people in their network. Right. Proximity is power. And then environmental exposure, being around them over and over again, you begin to pick up their habits. Right. I found myself speaking (laughs) like Jim Franco, walking like Jim Franco. It sounds crazy and sinister, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to pick up as many millionaire habits as possible and do away with blue collar. And I know people are going to go, nothing wrong with blue collar. Listen, nothing wrong with blue collar, but become white collar. Make more money. Only have 100 years on this planet. Make more money and make a bigger impact on the people that you're trying to serve. But do away with the negative toxic people and get within proximity and frequency of the people that you want to be like. Yeah. And frequency, that's a big thing. Yeah. 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 Instead of just like, oh, I met him once and we took a picture. (laughs) Okay. And then you went back home to your same friend's by your high school and went out drinking on the weekends. Right. After you met him at the conference, you went back and did all the same things. Because you're probably drinking once a week with your friends, but you saw this cat who can change your life once. Right, exactly. You just told me, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, you just told me that you've got like a a small army of sales reps who go door-to-door. Like Mm -hmm. you've cut your teeth in the entrepreneurial world by going doing door-to-door sales. Mm -hmm. Like that is one of the toughest ways to make money. And you've done that at such a young age. Well, guess what? If I want to learn door-to-door sales, Breaking bread with you once and asking you how you did it is not enough. Yeah. For a whole year, I want to hang out with you as much as I can, hours and weeks on end, to learn your mannerisms. I want to go to many doors as possible and watch you speak. I want to see you deal with an objection, a rejection, a condition, and then see how you react. Right. And then maybe at the end of the year, I've now become as good as you and, and the army that you run. Mm-hmm. But one contact with you is not enough. Right. And then once you get to that point, then you go find somebody that's better than me. I think that's kind of where a lot of people miss the boat too, is that they find one person and they get up to that person's level and then that's it. And it's just like, oh, I'm wondering why I'm stuck. Well, how, what did you do to get to there in the exactly. first place? You got around somebody that was on a different level than you are. So now you got to go find another person that's on a different level than you are again and just repeat the same process mm-hmm. over and over again. The ladder has many rungs. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Can you talk about like a couple ways when you don't pay? So like if you're not paying somebody for coaching, but you want to connect with them, can you talk about a couple different ways that you add value? So like, it's always going to be independent and subjective based on your skill set. So like for me, for example, like uh, Rob Deerdeck is someone who I've always looked up to Mm -hmm. forever. You know, how would I leverage like getting in front of him when you reach these people and money is not even a motivator, even if you do have it. And so one thing that I would like offer is growth in his companies. He's got a big portfolio of businesses. One thing that I would probably offer is just, hey, I'll do your marketing for free. Yeah. Simple, because I know how to do that. Another thing that people are aware of our skill set is videos. We do a lot of videos, and they're crazy. 
So, hey, I'll do a video for you for free. Mm -hmm. But listen, if someone, that only works because in our particular position, our ads have been seen a bunch of times. So if they weren't seen, and I was just coming in the beginning trying to get in front of someone, instead of just saying, hey, I'll make you a video, I would just make the video. And I would send it to them and say, here is a video for you. Do you like it? Anything they don't reply, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make them another fucking video. Yeah. You know, if they don't answer that one, I'm going to make them another fucking video. He's going to have 12 videos. Right. Then finally, you're going to be like, yo, all these videos have been pretty tight. One's going to get to them. Yep. And they're going to say, oh, cool. Can I pay you to do another video? Mm-hmm. And I say, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, just, uh, just, right. just take shots, guys. Like, the other thing, too, is like, don't be afraid of no's. Expect them. Yes. Gonna, you're going to, you will likely hear a no first. That is when any true salesman would tell you, when you hear the no is when the sell begins. Anything before that, you were order taking. Order exactly. You were selling. Yep. You know? Yep. Exactly. If you didn't get a no, you didn't work for that at all. Mm-mm. Like those are. So I have a water business that's separate, obviously, from the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I have door to door sales reps that go out and sell my water products. Yeah. And that's one of the things I tell them. I'm like, look, the difference between making forty five thousand dollars a year and two hundred thousand dollars a year as a salesperson is being a closer. Like mm. the fact that if you can take no's then you can like go door to door and you can still make money. It's just a numbers game at that yeah. point. But you're going to be in that $50,000, $60,000 range. But if you can go and then flip. learn how to flip those no's and turn them into the yes, now you can unlock like real income potential yeah. and make it happen that way. And now coming into the podcasting world, I've learned rejection on a whole new platform, bro, <laughs> because like door to door, like I don't care at all what like Joe Schmo says about right. it, right? Like Joe Schmo slams the door in my face, tells me to get the F off his porch. Like I don't care. Yeah. But when I'm reaching out to like somebody that I like really respect and admire and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Hey man, we'd love to have you come on my show. Love to, add, you know? And they're like, no, but yeah, you just have to expect it. It's just part, it's literally just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of times, especially with people that you're trying to connect with, a lot of times it's like literally people take it so personally yeah. and it's not personal. It's never at all. personal. Like for instance, with you, how many people do you have like reaching out to you? Like on a weekly basis? I can count. Yeah, literally. You <laughs> yeah. can't yeah. count them. So yeah. people take it so personally. They're like, well, he talks about helping people, but he won't even respond to my message. Oh, my and God. It's like, bro, I, we have so many of those. I'm just like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. I, uh, you know. Or people, too. We, what we get a lot of is people get mad that we don't take their money. You know, and I'm like, look, that's the difference in where we're at as a company. It's like, you're not seeing Billie Jean six years ago where I'd do anything for a buck because right. I needed it. Like, people are like, I had hard-earned money, but they literally put me on a wait list and made me fill an application, and I just got over it. Exactly. We don't want to fucking work with you. Yeah. That's, like, the point of <laughs> if, the process. If that, like, if that was all it yeah, took for Yeah, you, we're like... not interested. <laughs> so, but they, it's just funny, man. Well, dude, I appreciate this, man. This is good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's boil it down. One thing, one like networking tip, like one thing that you would say, hey, if you implement this into your life tomorrow, you will start to see some more success with this. If I had to pick a look at 2018 right now, today thing, you always got to follow the trends. Trends will bring you a lot of success if you can get on top of one. One trend that's happening right now is people are realizing the importance of video. And it's been happening for a little bit now, but the thing is, is a lot of people still aren't using them in their business. And so something that everybody that's listening right now can do if you're trying to get in front of that person is make them a good video. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know how to make videos, but you don't have to. Go to a website like Upwork.com, Fiverr.com, and have someone, you can look at their portfolios, their resumes, the videos they've done in the past, and literally have them do it. And they'll do it for like cheap. And you just kind of broker that and be the middle person there. And there you go. Yeah. You found a way in. So I would say... 
that's a pretty cool tip but to get in front of these for entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. Everyone needs videos, and that's a pretty good way to get in front of them is leverage video, and you don't even have to be able to make videos. Nope. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.